0: Hey friend, thank you so much for joining us once again here on the broadcast. Greatly appreciate that you would end your week right here with the Bible Tract Echoes radio program. I am Evangelist Micah McCurry, as the announcer might have mentioned just moments ago. I want to thank you sincerely for investing your time, your effort, your energy. I know sometimes the radio can just be on as background noise and all those things, but for those of you that are tuned in... Those of you whose brains are in gear looking for something from God's Word today, thank you. And those of you whose attention I've just peaked just a little bit, I want to thank you for allowing me 15, 20, 30 seconds of your time. Tune in. Stay with us. I believe we have something today that just might be a help. To you, Turn in your Bibles to the book of Daniel chapter number three. The book of Daniel chapter number three, while you turn there, let me tell you about a gospel track called I'm Keeping the Ten Commandments. Have you ever heard someone tell you that's why they think they're going to heaven? I have. I was talking to someone not too long ago, and they seem to be actually, I know they were. They were relying on their good works to get them to heaven. You know, the Bible says in the book of Ephesians, the gift of God, it's not of works lest any man should boast. For us, it's by faith that we can go to heaven. It's not by some earning that we can do. There's nothing we can do to earn entrance into heaven. And the Bible tells us that keeping the Ten Commandments has never been and will never be enough to gain us entrance to heaven. You may be asking though, how can I then gain entrance to heaven? How can I know for sure where I'm going when I die? That's a great question. And I appreciate the fact that you are listening right now. Let me ask you to do this. If you have serious questions about that, would you text me? I'm going to give you my cell number. I mentioned this earlier in the week, but I want to Offer it one more time. In case you're listening for the first time, here's my cell number. You can write it down. You can text me right now. I'll respond as soon as I can. You ready? 309 316 7240. Want me to give that to you one more time? Here we go. 309 316 7240. If you have a question, a comment, I'd love to hear from you. Now, if you'd like to get this gospel tract for free, I'm keeping the Ten Commandments. If you know someone that would say that, go to our website, BibleTracksInc.org. You'll see about, let's see, over 40 different titles. You can order a sample packet while you're there. We'd love to send you one of those. It has one each of every gospel tract we currently produce. But this gospel tract, I'm keeping the Ten Commandments, it just might speak to you. Turn your Bibles now. Daniel chapter 3. Let's bring you up to speed real quick. We are in Daniel chapter 3, and a narcissistic despot named Nebuchadnezzar has commissioned a 90-foot tall statue in his honor. And he's commanded uh, this decree that all of the leaders of the world that are assembled here realize Nebuchadnezzar is basically the king of the entire known world at this time. All of them will bow. All of them will make obeisance. And what's the nation's decisions? We have people from all sorts of languages, tribes, and tongues. What do they all decide as one person? Well, when the cue starts, when the music starts, we're not playing musical chairs. We're playing fall on our face and worship the massive image. What do they do? They bow down. They fall down and worship. But there's a cause for a necessary division. There are three Hebrew boys that do not bow down. They don't just go with the flow. They're not being hardheads. They're not being difficult for the sake of being difficult. They identify that there is something wrong with this picture, and they're not just going to sit idly by. They don't raise a massive fuss, but in some way they do because they won't fall down. Then we see Nebuchadnezzar's demand. He gives them a second chance. Nebuchadnezzar likes these young men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He says, hey, don't you understand? If you don't do this, you're going to die. And then there's a no-nonsense discourse. Let's pick up here in verse number 16. Actually, as we end verse number 15, Nebuchadnezzar says, who is that God that shall deliver you out of my hands? Well, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, their hackles go up at that. They say, verse number 16, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. If it be so, meaning if you're going to kill us, if you're going to try to kill us, I should say, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of thine hand, O king basically, you're not the biggest guy on the block anymore. You don't have all the power. Even if you can snap your fingers and magically cause a 90 foot tall image to appear, you don't have all the power. Well, Nebuchadnezzar hasn't been told no in a while. This bothered him. We see after this no-nonsense discourse, they finish it off with verse number 18, a non-negotiable dedication. But if not, If God doesn't allow us to survive, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up, even if it goes badly for us, even if we knew we were going to die, we're still not going to worship. And we see in verse number 19, then was Nebuchadnezzar full of fury, and the form of his visage was changed against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Realize he liked these guys, and he's angry now. Therefore he spake. And commanded that they should heat the furnace one, seven times more than it was wont to be heated. Basically, turn that thing up. These guys are going to suffer he commanded the most mighty men that were in his armies to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and to cast them into the burning, fiery furnace. I want you to imagine not just a, ma- a massive grill, but a furnace with one purpose alone. It's not to heat a home or even a large palace. It was simply as a tool for death. It was a capital punishment tool. And now it's going to be used on these three Hebrew boys. Then these men were bound in their coats, their hose, and their hats, and their other garments, and were cast into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. Could I point out, though, that this was a very noticeable death? Look at verse number 22. Therefore, because the king's commandment was urgent and the fire exceedingly hot, the flame of the fire slew those men, not Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, but the men that took up those boys. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down bound into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. So imagine that the people that carried them to the furnace to throw them in, the fire was so hot that as they threw the men in, before they could pull themselves back and away, their bodies hit the floor and they weren't even inside the furnace. That's how hot it was. Unbelievable pretty noticeable though, wouldn't you say? Everybody's looking now. I mean, number one, you can smell the fire. You can see the fire. It's so hot. Everyone within probably hundreds of yards can feel it radiating on their face. That is so hot that it killed someone. You know how far away you can feel a bonfire, a big bonfire? Imagine this. But hotter and hotter and hotter, beyond what you might be able to imagine. Everybody can see. You know, sometimes God takes you through the fire to get someone else's attention. You ever realize that? That sometimes our trials, our tribulations aren't always just about us. Verse number 24. Then Nebuchadnezzar the king was astonished. Astonished. "'and rose up in haste and spake, and said unto his counselors, "'Did not we cast three men bound into the midst of the fire?' "'And those yes-men, what'd they say?' Y- "'Yes, true, O king.' "'They answered and said unto the king, "'True, yes, we, we threw three, and we all counted. "'It's pretty easy to count to three. "'He answered and said, "'Lo, I see four men loose.' Walking in the midst of the fire, and they have no hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Think about that. A few verses earlier, who is that God that can say of you? And now he identifies, he realizes who that God is, and he says, "That, that looks like the Son of God. What do we see here? Verse number 24 through the end of the passage. Natural domination. What are you talking about? See, here's the thing. We get in our minds that the natural order of the world is that the devil is going to gain dominion, the he's the prince in the power of the air, and, and anarchy is going to reign, and, and things are going to fall apart. Can I tell you what the natural order of the universe is? Yes, yes, that may well be the natural order of our earth. And yes, I understand the laws of thermodynamics and entropy and atrophy and all of these things. I, I get it. Can I tell you what the actual natural order of the universe is? God is on the throne. He hasn't abdicated. He hasn't stepped aside. He hasn't asked for my advice or yours. He's got it all under control. That is the natural order. See, this is just, this kind of domination, see, it's one thing for these three Hebrew boys to die sort of as a, as a statement, and for them, for, for their bodies to be consumed and turned to ash, and, but that wouldn't cause people to quite remember what happened, would it? It's kind of hard to forget when you throw three men in, and they're supposed to be dead, and the, three, and, and the people that threw them in, they're dead, but now there's not just three in there. There's a fourth man in there. Let me tell you this very, very bluntly. God doesn't play second fiddle to anyone. Not you, not me, not the king of the world, Nebuchadnezzar. God's not a fan of other people stealing his glory. You either bow the knee of your own accord or he will. Very quickly, here's one last application point, I think, that we'll make today. Why didn't those Hebrew boys run out of the fire? The Bible tells us that their ropes were burned away. They came out unbound. Here in verse number 25, he answered and said, Lo, I see four men loose. They weren't bound anymore. Why didn't they run out? Let me tell you very quickly. Because they were with Jesus. There is more peace with God, with Jesus in the trial than without God in the quote-unquote best of times. Let me ask you, why is it that we're so keen to jump out of the frying pan? Why is it that when we jump out of the frying pan in the fire that we want to get out of there so quickly? Can I tell you? Can I submit to you? Maybe it's because we don't have Jesus beside us. Not because he doesn't want to be there, but because we haven't even asked for him to be there. I hope we've learned something from Daniel chapter 3 today. God bless. I hope you have a great day for His glory. I appreciate your listenership. Join us next week. Thank you for joining us today for Bible Tract Echoes, a ministry of Bible Tracks Incorporated. If you would like to receive a free sample packet of all of our tracks, you can contact us by calling 309 828 That's 309-828-6888. Our mailing address is PO Box 188, Bloomington, Illinois 61702. A faster way to contact us is to go to our website at bibletracksinc.org. That's bibletracksinc.org. There you will find more information about our ministry and details on how you can support Bible Tracks Incorporated.